Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, this is Behind the Steel Curtain Editor Dave Schofield coming at you again on Tuesday night for the Scobro Show. It is 9 p.m. Where else would you rather be? And with me, as always, except when he's not, is my big brother, Rich. Wait, I'm waiting for it. I've been waiting for this for days. We will now just... How you doing? We will now just take a moment to everybody and just breathe (sighs) in that sweet smell of victory. There hasn't been much breathing in the regular season this year. So you have to take advantage of it and enjoy it when it's there. I mean, it, you speaking of being there, you and I were there at the game. We did the Scobro Road Show. We did it before the game. We did a very abrupt version after the game as we were getting kicked out of our section. <laughs> or, or, sorry, of my section. Yeah. Um, the when Once you guys made it down. And... Uh, Ooh, I don't know about you, but I'm just still excited about that the Steelers did what they needed to do to get the job done on Sunday against the New Orleans Saints. Rich, tell me what you're thinking. Um, thinking that it was a it was a good start to the second half of the Steelers after their bye. Yeah. Um, that again, like you said, did what they needed to do. Things that made me happy. Um, the running of the football made me happy. Yeah. And that's kind of what we're going to talk about in the in the title of the show. Before we get there, we let's let's go ahead and hit some news. Um I'm I'm sorry. I'm wearing this hat tonight and it's for a reason. Um and it's just weird the way it is with the flag in the background for those of you uh uh that aren't watching live. It's just it's black on black. But anyway. So, first set of news I'm very disappointed just because I'm going to get to say it one or two last times. Uh, you know, maybe, maybe there'll be a re- reunion at some point, but the Steelers today announced that they've released Hemelkar Rashid from the practice squad injured list. He was not on the active practice squad. He was placed on the injured list of the practice squad before week one, been there all season. Basically, what's going on is he's healthy enough to return, but the Steelers chose not to sign under the practice squad, so they let him go. I still think he has to clear waivers, um, but then he'll be free to, you know, I'd be surprised if anyone wants him on their 53. That's what would have to be to right. claim him on waivers. Chances are they'd try to sign him maybe to a practice squad or something, but he's free to sign where, wherever he is, rather than just sit there with the Steelers and not do anything if he's healthy and ready to go. So that's how that works. Anything else you want to say about Hamilton before we uh, tie a bow on that one? Nah, tie a bow on it. Yeah. So so that's been the only roster move since the Steelers game. Um, but it, like I said, doesn't even open up a spot on the, on the practice squad. And then, of course, there was the announcement this evening of this is why I'm wearing my hat, because these Steelers will be wearing their color rush uniforms on Sunday. For those of you that are listening, I'm wearing my quote unquote color rush hat, which is it's all black with the Steelers logo. But the only thing that's that's gold is the very top hypocycloid um, from the Steelers emblem that's on the hat. 
So, uh, which is kind of weird when I, I didn't realize I'd have a, you know, didn't think about having a, a black background behind me. So I just kind of fade into it. But uh, were you expecting this one with the, with, with the, with the color rush? Yes. I, and I'm glad they're still doing it, even though the game got flexed. Right. Cause that was my thought. They were probably saving it for this home primetime game. Um, and not the one on Christmas Eve because they're going to be doing their throwbacks on that day. Um, or at least that's what Bob Labriola said today and asked and answered. So um, in, in that column that he does Tuesdays, Thursdays, and game days, I'm pretty sure is what that is, um, that, that that was something that he put there. So color rush uniform, Steelers are 7-1, 7 in the color rush uniform. Um, unfortunately, we were there the last for the, for the, um, for the loss. Yeah. That was the inf- infamous uh, spooning incident of 2019 with <laughs> said Brian Anthony you, Davis. Let's to refer to it you as. and Brian Anthony Davis, you know, because we were it was, we were packed into the seats really tight, um, and the and the and the, there was an older lady next to me, and the and they were they were just weird about space, so I was kind of leaning on bad the whole game. But that was also the game that I got really mad that they ran the Wildcat right after they get a turnover, Stephen Nelson interception returns it to like the five um and then it hits the two minute warning and they decide that they're going to come out and run the wildcat but they they'd run it all year with jalen samuels and they decided to run it with james connor who had never done a handoff before and they fumbled the handoff so anyway that's a whole different story but other than that the steelers seven wins in their in the in their color rush uniform started with the with the christmas day game um against the ravens um, I just like the uniforms. Hopefully it can give them some added energy, a- anything that can help. Anything else you want to say about that before we roll into this? Uh, no, not really. Cause you know, it's a Jersey. So yeah. I, I can only get excited about them so much. <laughs> yeah. I don't oh, know. I, I wear a color rush Jersey. That's the only one that I have right now of a current player. That's the Cam Hayward Jersey that I wear um, on game days. And you see a, often on a, on the post game show because of that. Um, see, here's, here's, here's James. I thought he was going to try to come find us. He was in section five twelve in row eight. That's not as close to us. That's more down, down, down the line. Um, but, uh, bottom line is, I know we always say, Hey, come see us if you can. And, and people have the intention to, but you and I are the same way you get to Heinz field and you're so sucked in to what's going on with the Steelers, even an hour before kickoff that that's your focus. And, and that's really what it should be. Um, well, you know, once Kyle and I left you and we went up to, went up to my seats, mm-hmm. we had our focus on one thing and one thing only. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess it was more than one thing, <laughs> but you know, we only were one there, thing, except that it wasn't, <laughs> except that it wasn't. Well, one, one group of things. Mm-hmm. There you go. And that was Kyle and I were up to the seats and we were keeping a close lookout for the pigeons. The pigeons. <laughs> the pigeons. So um and we started with eight down about eight or nine down on the field, and and one took off and started to fly. And I turned to Kyle, I said, Hey, uh, maybe he's going to tell tell his buddies that it's all clear and they can all come down now. Next thing you know, all the pigeons was, yeah. came down and hit the field. There was a there was a before the game, it was quite the flock. It really was. Now they kind of disappeared as the game went on. There was times I would see like one, um, with the but but we we talked about that in in the in the pregame show that we did. Um, just so you know, uh, Brad Jewett in the in the live chat, he says he'll be at the game. Wondering if anyone would also be there. Um, yeah, I I'm not at that one because it was supposed to be a prime time one, and prime time games are really tough. But uh, yeah, loved love the pigeons. I'll ask you this because Jeff Hartman in his winners and losers article right. that he so, did. So you know what I think of when I see the pigeons on the field. Okay, go ahead. When you see the pigeons, I, I I go back to my to my college days in the nineties and in my favorite cartoon at the time, the Animaniacs. And I think of oh. the good feathers. Oh, I thought you were gonna go back much, much further to your childhood to one Bert and Ernie. <laughs> no. Nope. <laughs> No, when, I, you know, I love the good fellas because you gotta love, you know, yeah. the, the the pigeon that's you know playing the Joe Pesci role, you know, mm-hmm. and, and you know. 
Gotcha. Well, I, I just, I, I just, I go back to the, to the Bert and Ernie and, and Bert dancing and Bert, you actually see his legs. Um, that was good stuff. Um, yes, Brian Brown pigeons are way better than Raven. <laughs> yeah, they are. So the, the pigeons were fun. Um, but you know what? So was being at that game. Um, it, it, it really was something who it just, things just went even when they weren't going the Steelers way, they kind of went the Steelers way. Let's just kind of recap a little bit. The Steelers get the ball. You know, they, they don't win the toss. They, they start with the ball. Some people don't like that because the Steelers don't do well with their first possession of the first quarter. But you want to know the truth? The Steelers don't do well with their first possession of the third quarter either, statistically. So, so they get the ball. They at least get a first down. They, they yep. get a third down conversion. They move the ball close to midfield. The drive stalls and they punch. So they don't score on their first possession, but they did change up the field position. Yep. Flip the field. Pinned Flip the field. The deep. Pinned them at the 10. And then what happened? TJ Watts out on the field. The crowd's going crazy. And the Saints jump and get moved back five yards. Yeah. Uh that 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 was fantastic. Actually, four well, four and a half yards, because it was half the distance of the yep. goal. You're right. Now Here's something because I don't like to be Mr. Correcty McCorrectorson, so I didn't say anything to him because, you know, Jeff Hartman said something about this was let's ride. I was really surprised. TJ Watt was not the final player announced when they announced him before the game. I mean, everyone went crazy. They did. But he wasn't the final guy. They went with the longstanding veteran captain, of after TJ Watt, then they announced Cam Hayward, and then they went out there. But I mean, it just felt the defense just felt so different with TJ Watt, didn't it? Yeah, it, it did. Just um, what I want to say across that defensive front, there you just knew that if somebody was going to draw the double team or or get chipped or things like that, that it was going to be TJ. Yeah, and TJ battles through those things anyway. That they only have minimal impact on him so it was nice to see you know our defensive front feast yeah and it it was seeing the defense in general just feast was was really great like i i did the article as you most of you all know i do the articles for uh for this for the website BehindTheSilkCurtain.com, your one-stop shop for all things with trick stealers with that do the pff scores um i'm the one who has who has a subscription. So I, I do the articles. My goodness. Out of six, there was only 16 players that played snaps on defense. They did not go very deep, but part of the reason with that, they only played 47 snaps on defense. 47, 47, because the huge discrepancy in time of possession. Now the Steelers had a big, you know, they had an advantage of time of possession against the Eagles. You know, and, and and games like that because other teams were scoring on them quickly. Not this time. This was the advantage of time of possession because the Steelers were controlling the ball and they were getting quick turnarounds on defense, only 47 snaps. And when you look at the PFF scores, like I say, PFF scores, take them for, for what they are. Like, you know, TJ Watt, I mean, he had a decent score, but he was middle of the pack because so many other players had such great scores. And, uh, and, Larry Okunjobi, he doesn't get any love from PFF. So, um, but he he actually had a pretty decent score this time too. Only one player out of the 16 had a score below the 60.0 standard. And that was Tyson Alawalu, who only played six snaps. So the, the the defense just scored well all around. And the and the stats obviously backed that up. So what did the is was it really the defense that that made ultimately the difference in this game? Um, yeah, it it was because they just well put it that yeah. ultimately yes, but we were back to some complimentary football. The defense was doing their job and getting off the field. Mm-hmm. The offense held the ball, sustained drives, so the defense could come back out on the field well rested. Yeah. All right. Now, first of all, this is. I don't like doing this, but I do like doing this. You know, once I go, once again, Mr. Correcty 
Mick Correctorson uh, having to do this all the time. And this one goes out to the, I'm going to call them the poo-poo Steeler fans. And I'm not saying because they're poo-poo. They like to poo-poo on everything the Steelers do. Oh, this team's terrible. And so I'm specifically, in other words, you know, most, most Pittsburgh Steelers fans? Not most, but there's a number of fans that are really poo-pooing on this game. That they're like, oh, well, they should have, you know. You go under the comments of some of the stuff, maybe on Twitter or Facebook. I try to avoid those, or the comments, especially the Facebook ones. And of course, you get, you know, like one out of two, one out of three. Oh, well, of course they should have scored well against this team. This is a bottom five team. You know, you got other, you got people on, on oh, well, well, this isn't a very impressive win because of who they were playing. You know what I have to say? Should I be mean about it or should I not? You know what? I'll be mean about it. Shut up. You're wrong. And you're wrong based on the numbers. And I lay these numbers out in the Steelers Stat Geek. And he, here's why. Oh, well, New Orleans is a bottom five team. How about they're the number six offense going into this game? They were the number six offense in the NFL going into week 10. Don't tell me they're a bottom five team because of their record. And, and when I say that, what does when they rank offenses at the end of the year, what do they rank them by, Rich? Um, what stat do they use to rank them? Hold on. Points scored. No, they no, don't. They do it by that, they do it by yards. They do it by yards. No, okay. they often mention the points scored because the Saints weren't taught, they weren't number six in points scored. They were 12th in points scored, but they're number six going into this game in yards. They were averaging 377.6 yards a game. They were held to under 200 yards, okay? They were the 12th ranked running offense in the NFL going in, averaging 130.9 yards per game. They were held to under 30. They were held 100 yards less than their average. They were the seventh ranked passing offense in the league. And you know that they didn't even hit 200 yards of total offense. Seventh rank passing offense, sixth rank overall. Don't tell me this win doesn't mean anything. This was a bottom five team. Uh-uh. Not their offense wasn't. Their offense was not. They have not been a bottom five team. They've been running the ball like crazy. The Steelers took Taysom Hill out of the game. Their defense stepped up. Now, is New Orleans defense as, as good? No. But I'll be honest with you, they're, they're never, num they were the number 11th ranked defense. They were the number 11th ranked defense. So don't tell me this is a bottom five team, okay? Now, granted, they're 27th in points surrendered. They give up a lot of points, but not a lot of yards, which is a bad thing, okay? But they were – the only thing that they were ranked – believe it or not, they were actually ranked worse than the Steelers in points and worse than the Steelers in, in rush defense. They, they gave up 120.9 yards per game, which was 19th. But the Steelers almost doubled that against them. And they were the ninth best passing off or defense in the league. So you could talk about their record. Then you got people that might want to say, oh, but were they really playing anybody when they made those stats? You can't have it both ways. You can't have it both ways where you refuse to acknowledge that the Steelers have been playing quality opponents in the first half of the season, and that was part of the stuff where they were ranked so poorly in a lot of stuff, playing teams like the Eagles, the Bills, et cetera. Okay? Tyler W. Another had it right. brings up this point say, that I knew This was bring. a bottom five Steelers team. So any win is kind of punching, out, is punching above our weight. Exactly. If they're a bottom five team, they were still – road favorites. They were still enough to be favored on the road in Pittsburgh. You can't, and the Steelers won by double digits and they should have won by even more based on the kicking. So you can't just poo poo on it and say, Oh, well this doesn't mean that. Now I understand. I understand Steelers fans. I, I get you. If you're, if, if you're still are cautious, if you're still cautious saying, you know what? It was a great game. Does it mean that this team is, is back. I completely agree. I know there was a lot of people when the Steelers went 11 and 0, they were struggling. They came back in the second half and won that game against the Colts and everyone said, "Oh, they're back." I wasn't ready to say they were back. You needed a little bit more. You needed more than one half of, of good football to say that they were back. Um and I'm not saying that they're back now. 
I'm saying the defense showed what they can do. And there's not a, a reason to believe that that's going to suddenly fall off a cliff again based on their personnel. That's one thing that, that I feel. The offense played a clean game. Are they going to play a clean game every game for the rest of the season? No. No, they're not. But they did what they had to do to win this game. And you couldn't, you can't get on a roll coming out of the bye if you don't win the first game. Right? Well, you know. Yeah. Do, do we go to, to one of my favorite scenes in uh, in all of sports movies? And that would be back to good old Major League, you know. We won a game today. If we win the next one, that's a winning streak. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And not only, I mean, the Steelers have a chance to get, if you think about it, a pretty decent streak going on. They have a chance to win their third straight game at home this week. That would be nice. Now, it's kind of, you kind of like, oh, that kind of cheap is it because they lost two road games in between there. But, you know, it, it's another chance to do something and to stack wins for the first time this season. So, but I'm still excited about this game because the offense did enough and the defense was, oh my goodness. I mean, they held the them. De- the defense was good. Yeah. I mean, the, I mean, the, the defense was more than good. The defense was more than good. How many times did the Saints cross midfield in the game? Two. Twice. Two times did they cross midfield, and that's when they got their their field goal, and that's when they got their touchdown. And we'll talk about the touchdown here in a little bit. They, They crossed midfield twice, both times in the first half. They never crossed midfield in the second half. Hey, Rich. How many first downs did the Saints get in the second half? Hold on. Man, it wasn't many, if any. Hold on. I'm sitting there thinking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what? I don't remember. I, I, I believe it was less than – it was three or under. One. Okay. One first down. One first down. They converted a third, a third and ten. They had a fourteen yard pass. Oh yeah, that's uh, right. To to mm-hmm. Lave. Um, but then they stopped them on the next three and forced the punt. You know they didn't cross midfield. One first down. I got to get the exact number. Forty three yards of offense in the second half for the Saints. Forty three yards of offense, and that game was tied through the entire third quarter. I mean, you talk about the 29 rushing yards. Well, that's because I had my son. It's not, like they, it's not like they had to abandon the run. They still had plenty of opportunity to run. It was tied because I uh, through the third quarter because I hadn't put my sunglasses back. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, <laughs> um, Tyler W., I'm not bringing up that comment, but guess what? I'm going to remember We're holding you, you to it. it. We're that's holding great. you to it. You got to remember. One Jefferson Bartholomew Hartman on the preview had to wear the 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 George Pickens shiesty hood all throughout the summer. Trust me, we we hold people to stuff if it's something crazy like that. So we'll we'll remember that. Um, uh, I'm I'm just what what else here? Let's talk about the touchdown that the Steelers surrendered before the half. It was frustrating. That was a frustrating drive. Did you almost kind of feel it whenever the the penalty was called on James Pierre on the punt that gave him the 15 yards to start? Um, I figured they scored. I didn't know it would be a touchdown at that point. Yeah. I mean, it it, it kind of gave them a little bit of a jump start, which you don't always want to do. Um, but, I mean, it, it is what it is. And then there was the DeMonte KZ penalty when it came to the kz penalty some people are like you know what i'll take it some people are like oh no you, you can't be having that where, where where do you fall on on the on the um it was unnecessary roughness penalty uh by Devonte kz when he came in and, and, and broke up that pass how should i say this <clears throat> it reminded me a lot of brian clark yeah. I was mad in the moment, upset, saying you can't do that. But when we got to the end of the game then and I thought about, you know, 
the New Orleans receivers and the way they acted then coming coming across the middle after that, they were thinking about it. Yeah. Yeah. So um, it, it had both its negative and positive for the Steelers parts to it. Yeah, I'd have to go back and see exactly what they would have gained um, because it moved them to the 15. I'm pretty sure that pass would have been inside the 15 if yeah. he catches it. And if he doesn't go in and break it up, it, it, it's then it's a catch. So I, it was really tough. He went in high. He might have hit his head with his arms. I can't never really got a great replay of it because, remember, we were both there. Um, it didn't seem like it was helmet to helmet. Let's. I'm going to say something. If the player that did that was wearing number 39, I think Steelers fans would even be more okay with the hit because that's the way Minka plays. And he comes in and he'll, he'll hit somewhat hard to make him think about catching in the future. So... But, you know, this is a guy a guy that was playing his first game with the Steelers and had a nice game. Um, but that was just one of those plays. I went back, I forgot about this. Do you realize on that, on the on the on the play, on the drive where they scored the touchdown, they um that where where'd it go? Um they got a pass out to almost midfield on their first play. And then there, and then then there was the Highsmith sack. Yes. So they were sitting at set at second and eighteen. Second and eighteen. And then converted a fourteen yard pass, and then a ten yard pass. But that was also, uh, I'm sitting here looking at, at these, and I'm just like, um, um, who defended by or tackled by R. Spillane, R. Spillane, R. Spillane, um, on those. So that was one of those things where, where the. Um, it seems like the Saints decided where they were going to kind of go and pick on things. I don't know. Did the Steelers just clean that up schematically or better play in the second half? Um, A little bit of both. Yeah. A little bit of both. Now, I, I told you what I'd like to see. You know, when you okay. are in the end of the half situation on those, um, I, I know you argued against me some. When I when I brought this up on our drive back home, but I would prefer to see Marcus Allen playing inside linebacker there, um, because you know you when it's an, Mar Marcus yeah. Allen had been a safety, um, I would prefer his coverage skills. Now you said, hey, yeah, but then you give up the run. You know what? My thought is, you're in that two minute offense. Yeah, let him run it. I I, I rethought that as well. I mean, when you're talking about really that end of half situation that you know it's got to be a pass otherwise, I'll be honest with you. I don't think that's what's going to happen going forward. I don't either. I don't think it's going to be Marcus Allen. I don't think it's going to be Robert Spillane. I think it's going to be Demonte KZ or Terrell Edmonds. Yeah, so do I when, we, when, we're, when we're doing that. I expect to be Terrell yeah. Edmonds. Yeah. I mean, because Terrell Evans can, I mean, he can come up and stop the run. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he can do that. I mean, to me, he's, he, that is the defense that I want to see going, going against things where you don't even have, you don't even have to have an inside linebacker. Have Edmonds be your inside linebacker. Yes. I don't know if they'll do it, but man, I'd love to see it. But also, That's your it. point about Marcus Allen or someone like that, where you know that if they're going to try to run the ball, fine. I, I I understand what your Run point was with that. Yep. My thing is, I can't remember the last time Marcus Allen got a snap on defense to really evaluate if he could even do that right now. If you know what I mean. It's been a while. Yeah. So yeah, I would I would I I think the three safety set and and taking out your inside linebackers altogether. I mean, you're talking about you know you could go you know even three. Basically, three safeties, four corners, and your and your four and your four front guys. Yeah, because in essence, you're having a safety play linebacker, and that that would I mean, because if you're talking about, you know, basically, 
almost like it would be Arthur Millette and Terrell Edmonds as your linebackers is is what you'd kind of be thinking about. Then you would have Fitzpatrick, KZ, and, you know, maybe Trey Norwood even. So that would maybe even be four safeties, you know, or however you would do it with, with, with the corners. Otherwise I would love to see that, but I, but I, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. So that was basically the blemish on the Steelers was that drive. Yeah. They gave up the other one for, for a field goal, but to shut a team down for the entire second half was just, was just crazy. Now let's pivot to the offense. No, you know what? We're not going to pivot to the offense yet. We're going to take our break and we're going to pivot to the offense and talk a little more about that. And then we can start, you know, on to Cincinnati. Um, See, that still sounds like Shaq and not Belichick, whatever I try to do it. I just, I can't get it right. So go ahead. And then we're going to Cincinnati. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's, that's much better than what I can do. So we're going to take a quick break. Uh, If you're with us on, on YouTube or Facebook, we're only going to be, we're pausing for a couple seconds. If you're on the audio, check out these messages from our sponsors and we'll be right back. All right, Pittsburgh Steelers fans, let's roll into this. I'm still flying high from this game. Love it. Had a great time. My my son undefeated 2-0 when he attends the games. It's it it's great. Man, he was into it. You know, he doesn't necessarily watch games with me at home and stuff on TV and but he was asking questions. He was he loved the noise meter. He loved screaming to try to do everything he could to see if the, he's like, does the noise meter ever get to 10, Dad? I'm like, I, I, I don't know. I've never seen it do it. But he just loves screaming and going crazy, waving the towel. Um, he thinks he saw us on the Jumbotron one time. I wasn't watching them to see if we were or not. But um, he just had a great time. But, man, just getting getting this victory. Now, one of the things I wanted to see out of this game my score prediction was 23-13, so I was pretty close. But I wanted to see the Steelers' offense go over the 20 points. And they really should have. I mean, you could talk yeah. about both field goals that were missed and say 26, but honestly, part of that's on the offense. What's even better on those two missed field goals? Put one of them in the touchdown zone. Score it yourself. All right, but they still managed to, to, you know, two touchdowns, two field goals, two for four. Um, Offense. In stadium, there seemed to be a lot more concern about one Kenneth Shane Pickett. Do you agree with that? Yes. I I know a lot of people are like, oh, yeah, he, he like Jeff had him on his winners list and the way he broke it down, I thought was great. Um, I did not want to include him for, for the game ball because, to me, there were other players that really stepped up more. To me, if you're going to give Kenny Pickett the one and only game ball for this game, that tells me that you've set the bar really low for him. And I don't want to do that. Right. I don't want to do that. He, I, I thought he could have been better. Yeah. Um, I, I think people watching the game on TV saw things a little differently than what we were seeing in stadium. But we're looking at the, we have the end zone view, which really shows that shows you either they're either coming towards you or away from you. So you're getting a much, a very similar view to what the quarterback is getting. I love the view. That was my coaching view when I was at practice. So that's where I was standing, um, you know, where basically where we huddled up all the time. And that's why I would always be frustrated during games that I couldn't see things like I couldn't practice just because what it was. But there was some, pretty inaccurate throws that you could see. Now, there were times when Kenny Pickett broke the pocket or was sacked that I admit I didn't see anybody open. There were times that he made a throw to one player where I thought somebody else would have been a better option. But when he was taking the sacks, it's not like I saw somebody open that I thought he should have thrown it to. Yeah. Uh, I would would agree with that. When he's taking the sacks, it just – it wasn't there, and he didn't get rid of the ball. And But there were some plays where he made a decision to throw the ball to one player, and it was probably the wrong choice. The, the biggest one I saw was he threw into what was almost triple coverage trying to get one to Firemuth. And, and DJ was running wide open in the middle. Running wide open. <laughs> 
we didn't even talk about this one. But yeah, we both saw the same thing because you know, um, I, I I talk to the people around me at the stadium. It's what I do. Um, and and we're like, oh, they're yeah, he had and normally you're afraid that the quarterback looks at Deontay Johnson too much. Like Jeffrey Benedict's had that concern for a long time, but that one was one. Let's just say this. He was open on that one. Like he was open on the one where he got interfered with and they had no chance, but to try to trip up his feet or he was going to be gone for a big gain or a touchdown. Right. He was that kind of open. And I think he was further downfield than he was on that other one. So there were some things with that, that, that kind of, you, you worry when you see inaccuracy from a from from a quarterback. There was some times where I saw Andy Dalton. I'm like, man, he put that in a tight window. Yes, I didn't see that with with Kenny Pickett, and maybe that will come over time. But my biggest concern right now is his accuracy, like the his accuracy, because that the first pass of the game. I mean, people on TV, I'm pretty sure, saw that one too. That one wasn't just behind Pickens. That was so far behind Pickens, the defender couldn't even catch it. Yeah, that, that so, was not yeah. a good pass. Yes. At all. You know, but I also like his amnesia. It's not going to stop him from coming out and trying oh, to throw no. a pass game. Uh-uh. No. Yeah. I, I'll tell you what, what I did really like is is I in the game was I, I liked that we had his pass attempts down because we yeah. were running the football. Like, that – offensively we were balanced out more where I think we should be. And that brings us finally to the um I, title I'm, of the I've show. Been trying to get you there. Yeah. Well, we were just talking about the game. Is the Steelers find an old recipe for a young team. Yes. This is what you need. And and honestly this is why I think that I still personally believe coach Tomlin did not want Kenny Pickett in out there right away. And I still don't know that he even wanted him out there when he was put out there. Um, that's just my own personal belief about things that they wanted to bring him along because the best recipe for success is to not have to ask your quarterback to throw it 50 times as a rookie. Ben Roethlisberger did not throw 30 pass attempts in a game until the postseason of his rookie year. And we're happy that Kenny Pickett only threw it 30 times. This what what was so good about this game is that the Steelers fans have had Ben Roethlisberger for so long, and you're just so used to what does Ben do? He takes the team, he throws it on his back, and he wills them to victory. Okay. Did you really expect that from Ben Roethlisberger in 2004? You still got it at times, but was that the expectation? The Steelers didn't put him in that situation. So that's the thing with Kenny Pickett. It's I think that is what takes time to develop. But to even, be the guy that can take the whole offense and say, Don't worry, everybody. I got this. We're gonna we're, we're gonna get it done. But even when Ben did that back in 2004, he didn't really do it because it was still you know, he's he's still handing the ball to Jerome Bettis yeah. here and there. And he's, yeah. you know, it, it, it still wasn't just him. Mm -hmm. it, it was basically what was happening in those situations with Ben was he was being asked to do a little more than they'd been asking of him all game. Mm -hmm. Not a lot but a little more than he'd been asking the rest of the game. And he could handle that. Yeah. Versus what's happened so far with Pickett is he's already got a good bet. And then you're asking him to do more. Yeah. And, a, a, and as a rookie and, and it's, it's not, it's not fair, <laughs> you know, here, but before, before I lose it, one Jerry cherry band, thank you for the great music, Jerry cherry band. Um, Brought up a great point. The NFL changed. We yes. are now, now we're saying Kenny Pickett only had to throw the ball 30 times. That's, that is a big difference in 18 years. You have to admit that. But the reason I still say it was an old recipe for a young team. What did the Steelers have in that team, in that team back in 2004? They had, you know, great defense, run the ball. This yep. is the first time with Kenny Pickett that you could say the Steelers went out there for the game, 
Great defense. Ran the ball. And liked that Kenny was a part of running the ball. Yeah. Which is, which he was, was part the of same, that. Which was the same thing you had from Ben Roethlisberger in 2004. Yeah. 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 So, and I mean, when we say, you know, Kenny Pickett had a lot to be sad. My, my point is, is I know some people were all going home. Hey, he won the first game where he played the whole thing. He played so great. I'm not saying he played so great because, like I said, I don't want to lower the bar. But I also don't have crazy expectations for a rookie quarterback. I loved the best thing about Kenny Pickett in that game was the situation he was put in and coming through in that situation. He was able to hand the ball off to Najee Harris and have effective running. He was able to run, hand the ball off to Jalen Warren and have effective running and hit him in the patching game, which which, which to me is what, what brings – was the difference that you were getting from Jalen Warren and Najee Harris. That Kenny Pickett could break the pocket and make, make the plays with his legs. And that he still was able to convert over half of the third down conversions. I mean – that's fantastic. Yes, it is. So when you look at those kind of things, so when you're dealing with those inaccurate throws, the great thing about those inaccurate throws that he had this week, none of them ended up in the hands of the other team. And that's a good thing. Yeah. And honestly, I love the times where he threw the ball away. He just flipped the ball out of bounds rather than go out two yards behind the line and, and have it be a sack. Yeah. I said, love it. Love it. You weren't doing anything with it otherwise. So I, I do like it when he throws. Now, does it get frustrating when a quarterback drops back for three straight passes and all three of them are throwaways? Yeah. Sure. Oh, man, there's nothing more nothing more frustrating than a quarterback when the team goes for it on fourth down and the quarterback throws it away out of bounds. Oh, I've seen it several I know. times I know. over so the years. Just and I'm like... just like, who cares if you throw a pick? I, I, I was gonna say, at, that, at that point, at that point, throw it deep to somebody. If it's intercepted, yeah, it's like a punt. Yeah. So I, yeah, exactly. And and I feel that this was a great step in the right direction for Kenny Pickett. Um, yeah, you you could still see some flaws. I mean, maybe it was just one of those games when it came to the passing. He it just wasn't the same. Hope it's not because it was cold. Because guess what? It's going to be even colder this Sunday. If you look at the forecast. Yeah. Um, yeah. But overall, with the offense, I love the recipe. Run the ball, play defense. And the Steelers hadn't had a run of over 20 yards all season. They had four. Four. By yes. four different players. Four different players had runs of over 20 yards. Love it. Love it. And um and uh Old Dan Moore Jr. was led the Steelers' offense in PFF scores because uh, his run blocking score for this week was was as bad as he's been with, especially with the run blocking for so much of his career so far. I know he's only a year and a half in. He really made some good blocks in the in, in the running game on yeah. on on Sunday. So um, good stuff. Um, for those people that are worried about the kicker, saying they should find a new one this week, they can't. Unless they want to carry two kickers in the roster, they, they took him off the Kansas City practice squad. They got to keep him for three weeks. So um, let's just say this. If your kicker's going to have what he called the worst day of his career, that's fine. Shake it off. Do better. If you're going to get that in a win, great. Now come out and hit everything because you're going to need to this week. Right. So uh, anything else you want to say about this to, to wrap it up before we go on to Cincinnati? Let's move on. To the bungles. Move on to the bungles. Well, yeah, this one's this one's interesting. Hey, once again, the Steelers are going to be home underdogs uh, by even more this time. Uh, that right now the the line's five. The last I checked, but uh, no Jamar Chase for the for the for the Bengals, which changes stuff. But man, oh man, were they running the ball um, against the Panthers the last time they played? So Coach Tomlin said something today in his press conference, which is I really. I, I really like that he pointed out this fact because sometimes I'm like, do the Steelers sometimes forget the things that they're trying to do to realize that other teams are trying to do them too? You know, like, like I said, if if your if if your defense gets better as the field gets smaller, remember your opponent's defense is probably going to do the same thing too. Having to score from the one yard line a lot is sometimes get 
makes it a little bit tougher. But uh, nah, from the one yard line is pretty easy. When I'm from the five yard line is when it gets difficult. Um, but Coach Tomlin acknowledged that, that the Bengals are coming off their bye, so they're going to you know probably be incorporating a few new things, and you know covering for things that they're missing, like not having Jamar Chase a little bit more. So uh, how much of a uh, how much of a factor do you think it is uh, that the fact that the the Bengals are coming off their bye? Well, you know, it is because they get a little extra time to prep. Um, but who knows? You know, it's it's AFC North football. Yeah. Yeah, it's division, it's divisional football. We 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 know how that works. I mean, we saw how that works last night. If you watched the Monday night game. Yeah. You know, um division games are always tough. The familiarity aspect. That's right. Yeah. So, and you're always going to get up to play that division rival. Yeah. And people were asking in the live chat, the Steelers were six and a half point underdogs in week one. So the difference is like, oh, they're not as much. Well, that's because they're at home. Okay. So in other words, the Steelers had a nice win. They turn around and win this one. Then people are going to start paying attention even more, in my opinion. Meaning they're going to start taking note of the Steelers again. They're still going to be, we talked about it last week. They're still going to be that team that's going to be circled on the schedule because, oh, we got to, we, we got to worry about what we're doing with that one. You know, right, you know, the Steelers were that, people were saying the Saints were, they're that bot, they were that bottom five team the teams were playing. Um, the Steelers did not look like a bottom five team in that game, especially on defense. Um, if they can come out with the same fire and energy, on defense, do you think that's what makes the difference? Um, they need to um, to keep this game manageable. Yeah, and that's that's what you want. You you want you you want the defense to play well and give the offense a chance. Yeah, and that's you know that that's what we need, or that that's what if we see the defense play on that level, I expect a very close game. Yeah. Now here's the other thing I'm bringing this up because I feel it's important. Look at the second half of the Miami game. The Steelers defense played well, shut them out to give the offense a chance to win. And the offense never took advantage. They never got the score to take the lead. And then afterwards they're like, well, they didn't come up with the interceptions. The reason I'm bringing this up is what happened in week one. The Steelers had five takeaways in week one. Do you think it takes that kind of performance in the takeaway department in order for the Steelers to win this game? Um, that they need to be plus five? No, they don't need a plus five. They don't need a plus five, but they do have to be plus. I, yeah, I think it's important for them to be plus. Yes. Even if the Steelers turn the ball over once, that's fine if they take it away two or three times. Yeah. Yep. Depending on when they do it, you know, the, the timeliness of takeovers is all take. Sorry, timeliness of turnovers is always important with that. So, yeah, take take care of the ball, but also don't take care of the ball so much that you're that you're concerned about not moving the ball. And I I didn't get that feel for the Steelers this past week. Did you? No, it was. Let's move the ball. But it helps to move the ball when you can run the ball. Yeah. Yeah. So if the Steelers can, can you know, kind of keep Joe Mixon in check, if the Steelers could possibly run the ball, wouldn't it be nice to see the Steelers start racking up the sacks again like they did in week one? Um, that would be another good thing to see. Yeah, of course. Because, you know, i love to see us hit Joe Burrow. Yeah. That, that would be great. So, um I see it's time, Rich. It's time. We're going to get into it. So we're going to be bringing it up for your score predictions. Please don't bring them up until I actually type it in the the live chat on both on YouTube and Facebook. Rich is going to give his score first. I have to hold off until Thursday night with the Steelers preview. That's just uh, just the tradition. But Rich, what's your score for this week? You know, of course, you know, subject to change. Um, subject. Subjects have changed, but um, I see one of these where I have a feeling in the end this game is going to be close. Like, it's going to be a one-score game. Mm-hmm. Um, 
believe it or not, uh, and I might change this by the time we get around to the to the staff article later in the week. But right now, I'm going to go with um, 23, 21 Bengals because the Steelers are going to kind of be missing boss. Ooh, 23-21 Bengals. All right, I'm going to go ahead and, and put the scores there in the live chat. If you don't say a team, we assume it's the Steelers. So so you think it's a close one, but they just can't quite pull this one off. I, yeah. I, 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 I can get behind that. My thing is, is I'm – like, I, really I don't know why I was convinced that the Steelers were going to win that game. Maybe it's because I was going, because I was taking my son. I was going with you. I just was – I had a feeling the Steelers were going to beat the Saints the way they did. And it's kind of – you know, it, it, and it worked out almost how I thought it would. And I'm kind of thinking this week, I'm like, this is, this is the Steelers team of this year. The very next game is going to be the one that sets the tone moving forward. And this is one of those – they're only playing. They only have three teams left on the schedule right now that have winning records. Right now, the Bengals are one of them. The other two games are the Ravens. So this is one of their toughest games left, but it's at home. So I I, I could see it going that way. We've got lots of scores that I've got to get up there, but I I don't know. I'm I'm I, I've maybe I got to wait and till the reality of practice sets in and injury reports and everything in order to have a better uh, thing for, for, for Thursday. That's, that's one of the reasons why I'm going to be looking as, as later in the week and maybe mm-hmm. actually change mine for the staff article. Yeah. Um, because right, right now I make it my play. That's crazy. Right. And <laughs> you know, right, right now I see it as, a, as any way I look at it, I look at it. Any prediction I'm going to give is going to be a field goal or less. Yeah. I'm I'm feeling the same way. I think this does come down to uh, being a very close game again, just like in week one. So here we go. Steel Dog 88, 21-20 Steelers. Thomas Riley, 28-19. Well, Steelers 28, Bungles 19. Um, Brian Brown says 18-17 Steelers. Brian Blackstock, 21-17 Steelers. So far, all of these are within you know four points. Kathy okay. Ford. 21-18 Steelers. George Teston, 27-17 Steelers. That's that's the biggest point margin so far. You know, people are um, expecting this to be a close one. So no, far. Uh, yeah, it is. Yeah, so far. Well, so I'm far. getting to them. Okay. Steeler Chick, 46. Steelers, 24. Bengals, 21. Outside Steeler fan. Good guys, 30. Bungles, 14. I'd love to see the offense put up a 30. I really would. I think they're close. I think they're close, but close only close only means so much. Okay. Deal with it. 24-13 Steelers. Uh Daniel Red, 31-26 Steelers. Uh Tristan Hallworth, 21-17 Steelers. I think I got the name right. Maybe. Um Mark Malone, 2010 Steelers. John Funker, 30 to 27 Steelers. Rob Thitoff, 27-17 Bungles. Okay. Well, sorry, my, my screen just flashed on me. I hope I didn't get disappear from oh, the that from, mine just did too. Yeah, wow. Okay. Um StreamYard's been having some different issues uh, at different times. I, was, I had to okay. the StreamYard thing. Okay, Dream James Tresvant, who was at the game this past week. He says 27-20 Steelers. Jerry Frazier, 20 to 17 Steelers. Jack, I'll just leave it there. 23-20 Steelers. And that's all I'm saying. From that, um, um, Craig Lawson says, I'm oh, sorry, Craig J. Lawson says 24-20 Steelers. Jared Thompson, 27-21 Steelers. Um, uh, yeah, Jennifer Claude. brings up a great point about them coming off the bide. Claude, there we go. Claude Bishop, 24-20 black and gold. Reginald Rivers says 27-23 Steelers. Um, here we go. Look at you. Uh, there we go. Sherry. Sherry Richards got to get hers in there. Um, 26-24 Steelers. Sherry, really? Okay. Um, that score might sound familiar later. Uh, Felicia. Hey, Felicia. Hey, Felicia. Felicia Ballard. Uh, 2017 Steelers. <laughs> George beat us to it. <laughs> okay. Um, say it. I mess it up every time. 
D DJs NSO D DGs NSO. Okay. DGs. We'll just say DGs. Uh 29, 21 Steelers. Steelers. Sorry, Steelers. Um uh Recco Parson, 20 to 13 Bengals. You know, the Bengals are a good team, so you got to remember that. Uh Jerry Cherry Band, 27-19, black and gold. Uh deal with it 24-13 Steelers. Did he do one before? I did. If he did, I'd missed it. Okay. This one could play out in a bunch of ways. I, I would expect a close game. Did I miss one? Yeah. Right, right after okay. oh, with that, Matt, Matt Smith. Smith, 24 21. And he says, thanks for thinking. Re re represent math, Matt. You know, hold, is, that, is that for this game? Yeah. Okay. I couldn't remember. So you had back to back games. Hmm. Yes. Interesting. I did. Interesting. So, uh, yeah, this is. This is just one of those games. I, I like, I like the excitement. I like the excitement. I know, like I said, I talked about the poo poo Steelers fans, meaning that they like the poo poo on things and say that you know the Saints weren't any good. I brought the numbers back out from my Stat Geek podcast. You want to know what the numbers are for the Steelers, the Bengals coming up? You got to check out Stat Geek Thursday morning. That's simple. I'll have all the rankings. Update the Steelers rankings because guess what? I don't see them. I mean, everything that they did in this game should have their rankings possibly go up. It's not like they scored a ton of points, but they scored more than 15. Yep. But um, but those kind of things. But another thing that I said I'm going to keep doing is, obviously I'm not going to update it this week, but a couple weeks into it, I want to see how the Steelers' rankings go after their bye to just look at those weeks because you had all that other play that's going to drag down their rankings from earlier in the season. And it's not that that goes away, but the Steelers, they really did have a chance to kind of reset their season at the bye week and come in against the team there. Forget that they beat the Bengals earlier this year. Be, Got to beat them this time. Got to beat them this time. Go out there, do what you can, wear the color rush unis. Okay. Um, and, and, and do what they got to do. So make sure you are checking out all the podcasts. We are coming at you with the same stuff, even though the game, thank goodness it's a you know, 425 and not a primetime game to mess up stuff even more with the podcast or anything. But uh, the regular lineup will be coming. We will be here with the, with the normal stuff here on YouTube and Facebook Live with um, the uh, Know Your Enemy tomorrow night, Wednesday night, um, the Steelers preview Thursday did you get the 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 Aussies early on Friday and Tony late on Friday, uh, a break Saturday, and then Sunday you'll be back with uh with with a post game show that I'll be back for, um and then of course all the audio stuff that 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 you got coming like you'll have another Let's Ride from Jeff on Wednesday and Friday, my Stat Geek, um things like uh, Matt Matty P's War Room, what Ian's talking about. Of uh, the here we go, the Steelers pregame show. Then the weekend shows, you've got State of the Steelers. You've got We Run the North. That's a fun show. And then, of course, my last minute thoughts. That's everything that we have going on between now and Sunday um, with when it comes to the podcast. I don't think I missed any. Um, and of course, check out the website. Rich, give us your final thoughts as we head out of here after a great Steelers win against the saints and to try to carry that into another home game against the Bengals. Right. You, you know, it was, it was great to get the win. It was great to be in the stadium and see the win. Um, you know, bring on the pigeons for Sunday. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, you, you know, it, it, as we've hit the second half of the season, getting that victory on Sunday was just, um, Huge, refreshing in some ways because really you're starting off the second half of your season on a positive note. Now, what we need to do is continue to build on that. We we started off the first game of the season on a positive note, although I could argue that it was a negative note because of what happened in the end of at the end of regulation, regulation. with CJ Watt going down. So we need to keep things moving on the positive here. Let's see what we can do to get a few more wins. Um, you know, um, last week, I think I'd brought up that, you know, I'd gone out fishing that day with uh, the good Pastor Tim, and I told him the Steelers would get at least six wins on the season, and he told me he didn't see it happening. Well, the, Steelers, the, the Steelers got to their third one, and they're sitting pretty to easily, I don't want to say easily, but they could easily get and potentially surpass six wins on the season. So I'm going to keep looking at those positive things and – um Hope they keep coming. 
I just know that this Sunday I don't have to stay up quite so late. I get to sit on my couch, catch that 425 game instead of eight, whatever time it was going to end up being. And then, of course, I will then, because of it being earlier, be able to catch all of the post-game show. And you know what I think about that? I can't wait!